guys welcome back to the show this week i have a great episode with another podcaster and somebody who's been uh really heavily involved in the outdoor industry for quite some time now and he's got his hands on a lot of different things uh which we get into Uh, my guest this week is dave brinker um so dave was one of the kind of founding original team members at Sitka. I really played a big role in building Sitka gear into the company that it is today. Um, you know, he learned a ton about business in the outdoor industry through that experience, which he's taken on to other other new challenges, and we talk all about that. Uh, he's also a musician. Uh, some people may not know, but he um, he releases country music songs uh, regularly, and uh, he's got some really, really good stuff out there. So if you're into country, you know, check him out, Dave Brinker. Um, and um, so we talk all about that. We talk about hunting in Hawaii. We talk about some elk uh, trips he's had. And it's kind of cool because towards the end, he talks about how he's really focused on killing a big Roosevelt elk this year. And if you've been following along on Dave's uh, social media at all, you will see he did, in fact, capitalize on that and killed a just incredible bull Um Roosevelt bull. So, Dave, if you're listening, congrats, man. That was an awesome bull, and um, it just goes to show, you know, if you really set your mind on something, you focus on something, you you know, you um, you, you say like what your goal is, and you put it out there. Uh, it's very powerful, and so um, glad to see Dave capitalize on that. We touch on spirituality a little bit and also some other, you know, hunting opportunities in Oregon, a, a state that a lot of folks, I think, kind of overlook. But, um, you know, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, like I said, Dave is really cool because he's just kind of uh, very knowledgeable about lots of different things in the industry and, and different businesses and uh, entertainment and everything else. So enjoy this episode with Dave Brinker, and we'll see you guys on the next one. All right, welcome to the show, guys. I'm here with my guest today, Dave Brinker. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Um, I was just talking about. I really like your your background. Yeah, that's usually uh, what people say. It's it's funny. No one ever says I like you know you're a good looking guy or you know you're a funny guy. <laughs> they always say you like they like my background, but you know I'll, I'll I'll take the compliment. Yeah, I mean you never know. I mean some people just like like Robbie Dennings on an iPhone and I don't even see him. Some people are looking straight up their nose. I know. A lot of people are like this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We, we we I spent a bunch of time getting it right because I try to like to do things the right way. So Yeah, man. And we were just talking so um you know, as people may or may not know, you've got a lot of irons in the fire, but now you're also add to the list podcaster. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess you could say that for sure. Um, I look at it as I'm just having conversations that I would have already been having. I'm just hitting a record button. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I launched a podcast uh, about three weeks ago. 
and having a lot of fun. I've been recording episodes for since February. February, okay. So like yeah. after the expo, did you kind of start around then, or? Uh, yeah, right after the expo, I started recording episodes. Excuse okay. Me, and I've been recording episodes once or twice a week ever since then. So it would take me all the way into next year to get episodes out that I've already recorded um, with the current cadence oh, nice. of releasing. But we'll probably double up a bit this summer to do two a week just to get run through some of these that we've already recorded. I'm still recording every week. So, yeah. Um, but as you know, I also have other businesses and stuff that take a lot of my time. So I'm For trying sure. to now that I've kind of got the meat of my first season recorded, I'm I'm just kind of doing one a week. OK. Um, yeah, man. So for me, it's great because I like have a reason. I have like, an excuse to get people like you, you know, or guys that I would, you know, otherwise not get a chance to have a conversation with. You know, I can say, hey, I have a podcast. Will you talk to me for an hour? And they say yes, whereas <laughs> they may not if I was just like, hey, can I call you for an hour? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm dude, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm, I'm sending messages on Instagram to people that I've never met before. Oh, yeah. So, it's not like I know all my guests, but that's uh, par for I, the I course, man. I've I've definitely had uh, the opportunity to meet a lot of cool people, so mm -hmm. it's it's fun to it's fun to talk to them on the record and take little nuggets from it, and yeah, hopefully people can learn from it. Yeah, and with your contacts, I mean, you've already had some great guests on there, so people should definitely go check out your show. And um, we were just talking about off the air. You just got back from hawaii right i did yeah i got back uh, a few days ago yeah okay from, uh, just a family vacation but what we were talking about was the the hunting portion of it the little, uh, little yeah. axis deer hunting yeah and i know you got um you know some friends over there so i don't mm -hmm. i'm not asking any specifics about that but for a guy who may not have any connections you know like mm -hmm. i was talking to my wife recently and i was kind of like because it's a hunt i want to try and I was like, you know, but, you know, I'd also want to take the family. If I'm going to go that far to somewhere like that cool, it'd be great to take the family as well. So, um, and you were telling me a little bit about it's pretty doable, um, even if you don't have connections, if you want to grab an outfitter or a guide or something, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's several outfitters over there that, that are pretty good. Um, you know, it's it's not cheap necessarily, but you don't need to do it for... I mean, there, it's target rich. There's, yeah. depending on what island you go to, there's a quarter of a million deer over there on spread out over three islands, basically. Mm. Um, and uh, the, you're not going to have a problem finding animals, even if, uh, even if you only get to hunt one day. Um, I was telling you, this trip, I hunted three mornings in a row, and I brought, I brought eight arrows, and by the end, I had three arrows left. <laughs> and and all three of those arrows had been used. <laughs> oh, nice, dude. Yeah. So, uh, and the reason you miss a lot um, because they're they're very jumpy. They they don't stand they don't stand around. Um, so if you're shooting, I mean, even at ten fifteen yards, they can. I had one jump my string this trip oh, at wow. like fifteen yards. Wow. Um, and one at sixty five. And I mean, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> it's yeah. it's. They're very, they're very skittish, very skittish, way more skittish than a whitetail mm. or even a coos deer, or maybe more on the line. More than of a like, coos deer. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, wow. Maybe more along the lines of like a, a an antelope or something like that, but okay. with, but. I got my first taste of coos deer this year and I was, 
like i'd heard people talk about it but it's legit man like mm-hmm. they are hard to kill yeah yeah it took me took me five trips to kill one with my bow <laughs> i don't i don't doubt that at all i mean me and i was out there with brad and brian and we we hunted 10 days in a row nobody got anything yeah that's very standard <laughs> yeah and like stalks are day-long affairs it's not like a stalk it's like the whole day yeah yeah i would have i would have usually been on that trip you were on but i didn't go this year yeah there yeah there's a bunch of people that weren't able to make it this year but um anyway um back to the access real quick so um what are the seasons like because i know they're they're like a feral species or whatever so they're kind of more liberal but like um you know are there rifle seasons is it any weapon anytime what are the seasons like um so for the most part, there are no seasons. There, there are a couple different seasons on Lanai um, that are around public access. Mm-hmm. They call them the state hunts or whatever, and they'll have a rifle one and an archery one, I believe. I've never done them, but I do think there are seasons for that. But generally speaking, there are no seasons. You just got to have a hunting license. Okay. And there's no bag limit or anything. Wow. So if you have a place to do it, you can shoot as many as you want. Cool. If you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any idea what kind of like you know if you don't have any friends over there, what you know ballpark, what kind of prices you're looking at? I don't know what they currently are. I th- I think they're around twenty five hundred bucks to thirty five hundred bucks a day though, and that's for I think that's for a buck and a doe. That's I'm, I might be working on old knowledge though. There might be a three day hunt. I can't remember. Okay. But it, it I will tell you Bass that Bassham would know. Bassham would know, and um, <laughs> he would know, uh, and he. He books with, I believe, Maui Hunting Safaris, which is a really good one to go with. Um, they're in the upcountry of Maui, and they have lots of property and lots of deer. And you're going to get, I mean, it's like I told you before the show, you're going to get a lot, like multiple, if you're like a mule deer hunter, for example, you're going to get multiple seasons of experience in like two days. Hmm. Cause, That's awesome. Uh, uh, you know, a decent public land mule deer hunter is going to get a couple legitimate stocks a year on bucks that they would shoot. Yeah. Right? You're stocking. I'm talking you can stock bucks all day, as many as you want. Um, That's cool. The last trip I went over there, uh, I shot several bucks. Okay. With a, with a bow. I've never done it with a gun. It would be pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm still like you know i started off as a bow hunter like my mm-hmm. first deer ever was my first two deer ever were both with a bow um but just recently man i don't know i just uh the county i grew up hunting in you couldn't hunt with rifles so it's almost like that's like more new to me uh-huh. um and also just with you know western hunting there's such a steep learning curve you know with all the new stuff i'm learning just where i'm at right now i'm just i'm totally cool with rifle hunting so um that's that's kind of i'm more attracted to that but i don't know yeah i i love rifle hunting i i try to plan at least one rifle hunt a year um i learned i i grew up a very hardcore traditional bow hunter so like there was yeah. nothing there was nothing in the world other than a long bow and a recurve wow. until i was about 36 interesting um, so you started off that you're not like one of these dudes who jumped on the trad bow train like you were original i i was shooting a longbow when i was two years old (laughs) nice my my dad's been hunting with a recurve since the mid 80s my grandpa was hunting with a recurve in the 50s and 60s okay um 
so it's it's been part of my family for a long time and i still do shoot a recurve sometimes but i switched to a compound about five or six years ago because i went through a horrible bout with target panic mm. with my recurve and around the same time i started doing some rifle hunts because when, when i lived in montana you can be a multi-season hunter you can in montana if you don't fill your archer tag you can use the same tag in rifle season Oh, nice. So there was a year or two where I didn't get my elk with my bow, and I was able to go get an elk with a rifle, which was really fun. And I realized that I lo- I actually really like I grew up guiding elk hunters. I used to guide oh, okay. elk hunters with my dad um, in, in East, Eastern Oregon when I was from the time I was about six or seven till early teens. Um, uh, just with him, I'd help with that yearly wow. elk hunt. And uh, so I, and I've take, I take people out. Like if you're a good bow hunter, you're a great rifle hunter. Um, yeah. So I would always take people out, but I would never do it myself. Well, the last 10 years or so, I've been making sure that I have a good late season rifle hunt. Like this year, I'm going to Colorado again. I went to Colorado last year. Um, I actually got a rifle deer tag in Oregon for the first time in a long time hmm. uh, last year and shot a blacktail with a rifle. So, you know, it, I like hunting. I My favorite thing to do is bow hunt elk, but... okay. I'll usually, I can get into kind of anything. Yeah. So, man, what is it with Oregon? So many good hunters come out of Oregon. I don't know. I don't know. I mean. Like, is it Brian Barney from Oregon? Like, Cam Haynes is from Oregon? Yeah. More. I can't remember. It's the culture, probably. I mean, it's just like any other, like, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, you know, we were we were all blessed with elk and mule deer and all the things right in our backyard. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really not an exaggeration that I've been around this stuff since I came out of the womb. My dad was carrying me in a backpack. I mean, I. It's just what you did. I didn't know anything else. I didn't yeah. know. Like I learned how to call an elk with my just my which is just my vocals. Okay, I was like. 10 years old i was calling in bulls for my dad with with a voice bugle that's amazing um so you just grow up around it and it's second uh, second nature in a way not that you don't ever stop learning or that you're the best at it but it's just part of the culture like i just spent time in hawaii with this guy that grew up spearfishing and i feel like 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 a like i was just born yesterday and spearfishing like I, I don't know what the hell i'm doing but to him it's just like no you just dive down 50 feet and you like lay there and you like shuffle some rocks and the fish come up to you and you just shoot them it's like well dude for a mainlander that's not easy you know? yeah <laughs> so i think it's a little bit the same and for sure there's been great hunters that come out of oregon but i think it's just more of a, a just like there's great wh- whitetail hunters that come out of iowa kansas missouri mm-hmm. They just grew up around it, and it's part of their their life and their culture. Yeah, for sure. Can you still mouth call? Can you still bugle? Or do no, you lose that when you went through puberty? I, yes. Um, <laughs> my dad has been doing it for <laughs> 35 years. He's never learned how to use a reed. Oh, wow. That's um, cool. But, and he's, I mean, he still does it when we're hunting. But, no, I can't. I mean, if I have to, I can't. Like, if I lose a reed and I, I'm in the middle of elk or something and I need to do something with my mouth, I can kind of make it work. By. But, no, yeah. I've, I'm definitely dependent on my reeds. Yeah. So, um, you know, one thing I think is cool about you is you're kind of a renaissance man, which I always strive to be. Um, you know, in this space, it's so easy to get caught up in just, like, only talking and thinking about hunting 
Um, but I think it's really cool that you're also a musician, a uh, business person, um, father, I'm sure other things I don't know about. Um, so when did, uh, and I'm also a musician as well. I've been playing uh, drums since I was like eight years old and um, I almost went into it professionally. I've done some studio work. I was like this close to moving to Nashville, but then just got linked up with a band in the town I was at, yada, yada. Um, so anyway, I just want to know, like, when did you start with the, with the music stuff? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was 19. Okay. Um, and I, I was always interested in music. I love music, uh, but I didn't really realize that I wanted to play it until my buddy was super into guitar and like, geeky music guy and he always had guitars at his house and i would play it when we were sitting there drinking beer and just kind of had a crush on this girl and uh <laughs> i wanted to play her a song and i did and then i kind of became addicted to it it's never it's always been part of me since nice. um it's just one of those things that's always kind of a something that i do you know yeah um and it took a long time learning how to songwrite, learning how to play chords all that stuff and then a, a long even longer to be comfortable playing in front of people and then even longer to be comfortable enough to record and mm -hmm. all the things but i guess now i'm 41 so what is that that's 20 23 years ago what is that yeah something like that man. something like that so 23 <laughs> years in and I'm having a lot of fun with it yeah i'm releasing new music as much as i can and yeah. uh, I, I play play shows pretty often and uh yeah, I mean, I've I've never really been interested in, even though hunting has always been my primary hobby, and then it became a career um, the last fifteen years. I never really was that interested in doing one thing or being like a, a single dimension person. Mm -hmm. um, I was on another podcast earlier today, and she asked me if I ever worried about that diluting, like you know, uh, the master of none thing. You know, right, right. Jack of all trades. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't because I would much rather be pretty good at multiple things than amazing at one thing because I like adventure and I like learning yeah. new things. And um, I just think that's kind of what gets me up. I like creating new things out of nowhere. That's why the podcast was kind of cool. The music is cool. I have, I own a real estate company. I own wow. my own cons consulting business. I, a photographer like i mean i'm not the best at any of those things right but i'm pretty damn good at all of them so i i can have fun yeah um and to me that's better but you know we wouldn't have tiger woods's and michael jordan's and you know all these amazing 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 athletes or um if there wasn't people that can be hyper focused and only do the one thing but that's just yeah. not who i am yeah i always like that kind of uh being a multifaceted person as well i mean i think it and just being able to have something to say in different conversations you know whether mm -hmm. you know what, wh whoever you're around you can um add something to the conversation and um so i think that's cool um did you just did you just get back from doing some more recording is that correct yeah about um yeah, about a month and a half ago, I went down there, and then I just re re released the first song of the mix. Okay, uh, yeah, which, which two days okay. ago? Is that uh, Altitude? No, Altitude's been out since 2019. Okay, um, I was listening to that. I I think um, my favorite ones are 
Adventure of a Lifetime mm-hmm. and Good. The, the oh, nice, record. nice. Yeah, Adventure of a Lifetime is actually a Coldplay song that I covered. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it definitely had a different like yeah feel to yeah. it for sure. Yeah, and then uh, Good is is that's a song obviously that I, I wrote with a friend of mine, and uh, yeah, yeah, man, I I recorded four songs. Uh, about a month and a half ago and i'll i'll release them i'm I'm really excited about the next one the the one i just oh, released yeah. is great it's fun it's kind of lighthearted or whatever but the next one i'm really excited about it's more in the tune of altitude which has been my most popular song okay um so yeah that's cool so is it like is that kind of what people are going to more these days like releasing singles as opposed to full albums or is that just something you do or no that's kind of what the trend is it's is it not that I care about trends, but it just, it's really expensive to record music the way that I do it. Yeah. Um, so like just throwing all the songs out all at once. It, yeah. If you're Blake Shelton, you release the album and then promote singles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can certainly do it that way. It's just for an independent artist, it makes more sense to spread them out over the course. Like I can use four songs. Four songs will get me 120 days right yeah. or, or more 150 days because i can release one every 45 days or whatever you know with with different assets and it just spreads it out gives you yeah. more it gives it more time to kind of do its thing so that totally makes sense there if i knew the formula i you know i'd probably yeah. have a nicer studio yeah <laughs> no but um <laughs> you got that really like classic country deep rich kind of voice um so it's good stuff. People should check it out. But um, thank you. Yeah, man. Um, and that makes sense too. It's kind of like with podcasting. It's like you don't record two months worth of content and then like release them all at the same time. Right. Really makes sense. No, so. it doesn't. Just because you you're definitely not going to get all the juice out of the squeeze on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so with music, yeah, I just I just try to whenever I have an, you know the budget and enough interesting things to record, I'll go record them. But I was on a, I hadn't released a new song for a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm having fun with it still. And I definitely am pretty busy for it. I'm not playing a lot of shows this summer. Last summer I was playing almost every weekend, but I'm playing only a half a dozen shows this summer before hunting season. I don't play during hunting season. Okay. Um, so I was listening, speaking of hunting, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to a podcast you did with Dan Staten like way back in 2018. I remember um, it. Yeah, yeah, and you were talking about this uh, this one bull that you were hunting for a while. You is, do you know what I'm talking about the bull? Yeah, Webb. Did you get him? No. <laughs> oh dang! <laughs> Never got him, huh? No. Did somebody I'm, else get him? Uh, well, I'm trying to remember if it was a bull that we named Webb, or if I was telling Dan about. It might have been this. It was like he was like in it. You were talking about he was in an area where there's lots of campers and stuff. Oh no, I never got that bull. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I was so close so many times. Um, one day I had him at 21 yards. The other day I had him at 40. The another day I had him at 60. I had him actually under 80 a dozen times, but oh, wow. he lived in a in a in a spot that was heavy blowdown and he was really smart because he lived around a lot of people so he'd shut up like you would have to be on on him in the dark and you would yeah. have about a half hour before he disappeared like a ghost dang um and you and he had like 
20 different routes out of this basin every morning and you didn't never and he'd stop bugling so you didn't know which route he was going right yeah um i had actually i had him at 20 yards twice and i remember one day i had him at 35 yards with his butt sticking out i couldn't get a shot i never drew i never drew my bow on him oh man the one day he was at 21 he, his cows he didn't even know i was there i wasn't calling him that day i just you couldn't really call him i i just tried to ambush him and i got in front of him and his cows came by me at 15 yards broadside in the blowdown and mm. i'm like oh you are dead i can see his legs coming and literally right before the opening he stopped ah. and, he, and he turned and he faced the other way and walked away from the opening and went around it mm. dang well yeah. i was hoping i was hoping there was an ending to that story but no was, there wasn't right. I, that however <laughs> i can't remember on that podcast if i mentioned the bull that i was another bull i was chasing at that same time that uh -huh. year i ended up missing him and he did get killed oh man it was a world-class roosevelt oh man now, i don't remember if you mentioned that or not but um i am interested um kind of been jumping around here a little bit but That's just right. to kind of go back um you know I'd love to hear kind of a little bit of your story and how you um, got started working in the industry and kind of, cause I know you've, you sort of built this life that is um, very cool for lack of a better word life um, that a lot of people like would like to emulate. And, you know, I think a lot of people, um, you know, settle for kind of mediocrity. Maybe they kind of let fear talk them out of their dreams and stuff like that. And, um, another thing you mentioned in that podcast is like you hate when people say like, "Man, I wish I could do that," but mm. um, it takes work to build your kind of dream life, right? And so I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story and um and uh, how you've been able to kind of get to where you're at now. Yeah, I was lucky. I um I was not a very accomplished young man. I I did horrible in high school. I did okay in college. I drank too much. <laughs> um, didn't have a lot of direction. I was actually a golf pro. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I used, and so, um, I was paying my way through college, giving golf lessons and, um, by just luck of the trade, we used to do this wild pig hunting trip down in California every year, mm -hmm. um, with some friends. And, the, and this one year, this guy named Jason Harrison showed up on the hunt oh. and in the back of his Jeep were a box of samples for this company that him and Jonathan Hart were starting called Sitka gear. And, uh, anyways, Jason and I became friends. We did this hunt together. We really connected and bonded. And, uh, several months later he called and offered me a, a, a job. Um, but he wanted me to move to the first, he said, uh, we're hiring our first full-time person. Um, I want you to move to Napa, California and work at the office blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I turned the job down because I was in my last two terms of college mm -hmm. and, uh, I was out picking the driving range when he called me. Um, and I remember it was on my, like a Nokia phone, like a old <laughs> cell phone. Um, and I went in and I, in the pro shop and I called my, my girlfriend who's now my wife. And I said, I just turned down my dream job. And she goes, well, tell me more. So I told her and she goes, well, you should have asked him about doing a summer internship. Mm. And I'm like, oh man, I'm such an idiot. I should have asked him that. I should, but I don't want to call him back, you know, because I, that's weird. Um, yeah. And literally, right then, my phone rang. It was him, and he said, "Hey, come get college credit." Okay. Yeah. So wow. uh, two weeks later, we were living in Napa, California, with everything we had in the back of my F-150. 
Um, and the reason I tell that story is because it's a very integral part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason and Jonathan gave me the opportunity to sort of get my foot in the door and begin what I would call the greatest learning experience of my entire life. Mm. You know, I was just a sort of redneck kid from Dallas, Oregon, you know, a town of 9,000 that drank too much beer. And I mean, I always knew I had desires. I, I was, I was a pretty good hunter and I, and, and, uh, I, I wanted to get out of the town and go see the world and stuff. Like I, I knew I had that in me and my dad's an entrepreneur. His dad was an entrepreneur. Hmm. My whole family is entrepreneurs. So I knew I had that, but I didn't know what. So I got to go work with this amazing team for 11 years of my life and build, help build the company from basically zero to where it ended and where I ended in 2019, which is a lot. Um, and, and everything in between hiring, firing, raising money, marketing, sales, finance, every customer service, everything, moving teams, getting acquired, you know, HR issues, successes, failures. It was like, it was like, uh, buds training like the Navy SEALs go yeah. through for, for business, yeah. basically, over and over and over. And it was really hard. Um, but so I you really survived. started from the bottom, just like an intern, and it was yeah. like startup at that point. And so you really learned everything, huh? Everything. Everything. When I got there, they had just moved into an office. There wasn't even like phones. Yeah, I mean, they, there was phones, but it was like, that was it. It was like phones and like empty offices and a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we had a six or seven piece system created by then. And I remember he gave me a box of it and said, learn everything you can about this gear. They gave me a brand new set. I was so stoked. <laughs> um, and uh, I learned every, I mean, I could speak to that gear inside and out. And, they, um, and I knew that I was gonna have to work harder than anybody else to be successful because I wasn't like a Harvard grad or anything. And mm-hmm. I'm just a, a hunter from Dallas, Oregon that wanted to work hard and love love the industry now once my eyes had been open to it um anyways so i grew up in sitka that was my whole life and then i got married had kids and that became my life too but sit i was like 7 a.m to 7 p.m sitka 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 traveling the world building the company um along with the team uh and is that how you met brian that's how i met everybody a lot of the people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I call, I cold called Brian and, and gave him a, a sponsorship. Oh, okay. Uh, I was the marketing director for a, the biggest part of my stint at Sitka gear. So, uh, Brian and I met because I sponsored him. Cool. Or we, we sponsored him via me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a big part of my story is the fact that I got my foot in the door to work with amazing people and see the world and see all the things and be drugged through the mud and tr- tested by fire. You know, when you're in a startup, you, there's no time to get trained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, hey, David, do this. How do I do that? Google it. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yeah. that was it. So, and we all were doing that. No, we, none of us knew what the heck, what, what the heck we're doing. Uh, uh, but we just did it. And, you know, that... I think that's a really good way to learn if you have the temperament and the personality to, to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some people thrive in that, and some people 
don't, you know? No, and that's okay. Yeah. The world need the world needs all different types, right? But right. um th- the point is is that's was kind of my launching pad and I'm very grateful for that. And because of what I learned during my time at Sitka allowed me to create my own world mm. um of you know, building business. I know how to build a business. I know how to make a brand. I know how to interact with people. I know a lot of really smart people that I can call. You know, my tool set is different, but it was because of that initial risk of opening my arms to the universe and going, okay, I don't know if this is going to work. They didn't know if it was going to work, but I did it and we made it work. Yeah. And because of that, I, you know, now I am the responsibilities on my shoulders as opposed to Jason and Jonathan's um, with my own stuff. And I'm just kind of attacking it the same way. And I'm trying to bring young, younger people along with me to show them how to do it too. Yeah. So was um, Sitka's rise pretty like steady, meteoric, or was it bumpy in the beginning? Was there, you know, rough patches along the way or how did that go? There's never not been rough patches. Yeah. <laughs> um, and any company that tells you there's there's not is totally lying to you. Yeah. Companies are full of people. Yeah. People that spend a lot of time around each other and are, are create problems. More people multiply <laughs> the problems. You know. Yeah. So, no, it was always bumpy. But yeah. from a sales perspective, we, we were. I mean. In the early years, we were doubling, 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 doubling. You know, it was insane. But no, we went through some really hard times um, financially, um, culturally. Uh, you know, there was some there was some rocky roads we went down for sure. Yeah. And it, like I said, it never stopped. It never stopped. The challenge. It just you just go to a different phase. It's kind of like parenting. Like when you have a baby. The challenge is they don't sleep and you have to change their diapers. Right. When you have a toddler, the challenge is they're getting into everything. They might stick their finger in a light socket or, <laughs> you know, roll downstairs or get into a pool. Yeah. Then you, when you have a teenager, they might go drink or stay out too late or, you know, there's all kinds of trouble they can get into. So the trouble, there is trouble, but it's different types of trouble. And that's yeah. kind of how companies work too. You know, It seems like usually once you figure out one stage, it's over and you're yep. the next one. <laughs> exactly. And that's how companies work too. When you're a startup, you're usually worried about cash. You don't have any cash. And it's like a chicken and an egg thing. Well, how am I supposed to grow a company without cash? And then once you get cash, you don't really know how to spend it or you spend it and it's wasted. And, you know, the problems just keep changing, but there's always problems. I mean, it's nothing we create as humans is perfect. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, man, that just gave me a great ramp and a, and a great base of knowledge to know sort of how to do it, at least enough to where I'm, I'm not scared of trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I do have a great life, and but it's I, I put building my life as number one priority, um, building the life that I want. But okay, so you might say, what if you don't know the life that you want? Well, it's it's your job to sit down and try to figure it out. And, yeah, and that's the first step. It. If you don't have a target to shoot for, yeah, you know, what are you what are you doing? Yeah, and we did that. My wife and I did that. We created a life plan, a one page mm-hmm. life plan, 
that that spanned every dimension of life from finances to mental health to physical health to where we want our kids to go to college or whatever wow. and we wrote it we wrote it down and we did you know 20 years 10 years five years three years one year and when you do that then you can kind of reverse engineer how to do it but yeah. unless you have something you're aiming for yeah you're just gonna be flailing you're gonna for be sure so i i kind of had it at least a somewhat now it's my i didn't know two years ago even i didn't even know a year ago i didn't even know eight months ago i would ever start a podcast yeah but i knew the 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 runway was like this i knew the direction i wanted to go with everything and you know things some things go and some things stay but you just keep walking the direction and i know i have very specific targets i'm aiming for by 50 years old i have nine years left and i think about it every day hmm. could you share some of those targets with us sure yeah. Um, the one everybody wants to know about is the financial target. Um, and I don't have a dollar figure for you, but what I do have is, is I decided that I want to be financially free by 50, which means that I am not indebted to anybody mm -hmm. and I can work on whatever projects energize me and basically travel wherever me and my wife want to go within reason. It doesn't mean that I want to be a billionaire. It just means that or retire. I hate the word retire. I just want to be able to work on it. And to be honest, I'm already working on only things that I want to work on. So yeah. in a way I've already reached creative freedom, mm -hmm. but, um, that's a pretty good, big goal. So you may ask, some people may ask, well, how much is that? Well, it's, it's different for everybody. Some, right. if you like, you know, yachts and private jets and stuff like that, your number is going to be way higher than mine. Yeah. I mean, I, I live in a, you know, a very modest house right now. And I don't need much more than, I don't need a mansion. So yeah. my number is different than anybody. That's why I don't share numbers. But the, the, the idea is the most important thing is by 50 years old, I don't ever want to have to worry about a bill again. And if I want to go do something, I, I want to be able to do it within mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. Right. It's a good goal. Um, and then creative freedom, which again, I'm already, I already feel like I'm basically working on things I want to. So I, I might've, got here a little early but which is basically you know good. most of us have to work on stuff we hate yeah i don't i don't want to spend the latter part of my life doing that no. if i i want to i want to be able to say no and that that's why you have to have the financial part figured out first right yeah but i want to be able to say no or yes and have great stints of time where i can just go hunting or whatever and then when i do work on something i make it great and or have fun or it energizes me so that's a, just a couple examples but there's also like have this much stashed away for college or what not college after or the start of life fund is what we call it mm -hmm. um because you know i'm not going to make them go to college i, I think that's right. stupid yeah but if they want to go to college i want to have the ability to help them for sure um things like you know we want to you want we want to be pretty physically healthy when we're when we're 52 so that means that we have to watch our diet and exercise and all those things so it's just a it's it's very high level strategic goals of how you want your life to look and then you start walking that direction and it changes but it, you know at least you're moving forward yeah yeah and like something that's so important in life is just trajectory like just doing the little things every day that might not seem like a big deal or if you maybe get off a little bit on a given day, it's not a huge deal, but like over the course of years, as the days and years and weeks stack up, 
your trajectory is going in the right direction. So I think it's That's important right. to have that target, you know? Absolutely. I have, you can't see it, but I have a whiteboard behind my camera here mm-hmm. that has, has a line on it that does this. And I think what a lot of us chase is this. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, my goal is to just have this. Just that steady. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm trying to avoid extreme highs and lows. Um, yes. That's important because now some would argue that you have to have extreme lows to have extreme highs, but I'm not totally convinced I have to have extreme highs. I, I just need constant growth. Cause I, I think that if you do, it's like still slow and steady wins the race type attitude. You know, I'm not running, mm-hmm. a, I'm running a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Um, you know, years, days, hours, minutes, seconds add up, man. Like, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the way I'm trying to approach everything. It doesn't mean I don't want to grow fast. I get it. <laughs> um, so, you know, you talked about working on projects that you like and that excite you. And I'm the same way, man. Like it's, I, it's basically impossible for me to do stuff that doesn't like get me energized. Um, so I guess how, how did things end when you left Sitka? What was that like? And then what are some of the biggest, like, I guess, takeaways that you brought into, um, the company you're kind of working on growing now with peaks? Mm. Uh, how did things end? Uh, good. They don't, they don't owe me anything and I don't owe them anything. You know, I worked <laughs> my ass off for 11 years, um, was very successful and did what was your job. title when you left? Uh, I was the big game category marketer. So that okay. just means that I was in charge of all the marketing for the big game category. Okay. Uh, me and John Barklow ran that category. Um, he was the product guy. I was the marketing guy. Cool. But we were accountable for mostly everything in the category. Oh, Bassan worked there too. Didn't he? Did you meet him there? Yeah. I hired, I helped hire him. Yeah. Oh, nice. He was, he was my counterpart in waterfowl. Yeah. He's a waterfowl guy. Yeah. So, um, it ended well. I mean, it was, I always knew that I wanted to leave on an up, not yeah. a down. And, uh, I had plenty of chances to leave on downs, but I left on an up. We had just launched subalpine, the, the, the pattern and the entire line that came with it. That was a huge project that John and I did. Um, and, uh, it was a success and I was super proud of it and it was a perfect time to go. My time was up. You got to know when your time's up. I am, you just weren't excited by it anymore or you had another project you wanted to pursue or uh, well it was it was based on that piece of paper I told you about the Sitka mm. didn't fit into my long lifelong plan anymore and uh, it in any really any regard um, but also we wanted to move back to Oregon by the family so okay and that there was no remote positions possible so I go you know what you got to know when your time's up and you got to keep moving um, no one to I'm also them, no one to fold them yeah, I'm not a big. I don't really want to work for a much bigger company than it was when I left. Anyway, yeah, I'm not the type of guy that really wants to um, be a number in a spreadsheet. <clears throat> so um, I like kind of the startup phase and like the few phases after that that I'm good. I don't. Yeah. Need... <laughs> I'm with you I'm not there. Trying to, I'm not trying to climb a ladder. I'm not trying to be. You know, none of that. None of that has ever interested me. Zero percent. I never understood it. It's not for me. Um, so it all lined up perfectly. Once we'd done that life plan, it didn't make sense anymore. So it was very hard yeah. and very, it took me 
several years to get over the identity crisis of it all. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was very hard. Yeah, when you're that involved with a brand and it's your life for a decade, it's like being married to your yeah. job, yeah. right? Because it was like your, it was a baby when you started. It was a baby when I started. And even though I wasn't a founder, I was on the part of the four people that started it, you know, yeah. like started getting it going. And I consider myself as part of the, you know, a big part of the whole thing. And it was, like I said, a heavy, heavy, every, our friends, all, almost all yeah. my friends were at Sitka. Uh, nightly events were at Sitka. We talk about Sitka. Like it was just Sitka, Sitka, Sitka. You know, yeah. it's just it was part of the do. family. Yeah. So when you leave it, you're like, I mean, literally, dude, I've never been through divorce. Knock on wood, I never want to go through one. But I have to imagine it's the same thing. It's like you're you're so deeply ingrained in this thing, and then just one day it's gone. Yeah. And it takes a long time to recover from that. So it was hard on me, and it's hard on a lot of people. I've I've talked to a lot of people about it since. Um, not just Sitka, but any any company that you're working for that you've been at a long time, and you especially if you were a part of the the original team or whatever, um, it's a it's hard it's it's a hard thing to go through. Yeah. So, what were the some of the most valuable things that you took away from that experience that are kind of uh, you've brought into because you are um, involved in launching another brand, Peaks, um, and so what was that whole thing like uh well the the question around i phrased that I... question very poorly that's Basically, okay no, what no, are okay. the things that you took from your sitka experience that are um translating into peaks that are some of the biggest takeaways i guess yeah and it translates into anything really um is the main thing i learned at sitka was Generally speaking, there's no wizard behind the curtain in Oz. Hmm. Like the the most popular companies and the most famous people, and like they're all humans. Mm -hmm. They're all people that just like we're all so much more intelligent and powerful than we will ever give ourselves credit for. Mm. And me, David Brinker from Dallas, Oregon, redneck, beer drinking. 1.87 high school GPA guy. The fact that I can learn how to build a company and a brand that's world class. Yeah. And be standing all of a sudden, I'm at, you know, opening dealers in Russia and Europe. And I mean, crazy stuff happened that most people are like, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, and then meeting my heroes and going backstage at concerts. And yeah, what I realized was, oh, like we're on all under this impression that we can't do these things. Mm. And in some cases that may be true, but in most cases it's 100% not true. If you surround yourself with people that you, that where you supplement each other and like you're all working towards a common goal you can do a you can move mountains. And mm. so I guess what it, the biggest thing that it did for me was it gave a guy confidence that may not have had it before. Mm. It gave me confidence to know that I can go attack anything I want and I'm not scared and I'm not I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks because no one would have said that I could have done what I did. Yeah. So and 
people didn't think we could do what we did. I mean, the early days of Sitka were hilarious. People telling us that we're crazy. So um, that was the biggest thing. So how does that translate to peaks or whatever else I'm working on? It's I'm not scared to do it, and I I know the nuts and bolts of how to put it together. So why not? Why wouldn't it be a huge miss to to go through what I just went through and not do it? Yeah. Right. It'd be a big waste of time and education and and uh, uh, skill set. So um, Peaks is fun because it's similar to Sitka, but it's not it's not the same. It's right. it's it's more around like kind of hard goods and equipment, but. Um, I really connected to Bryce, the founder, and um, joined. He's the board. put together a killer team, man. I mean, yeah, he's a smart guy. I mean, he came yeah. from—he was a very successful man in his last life. Um, <laughs> he put together a great team, and he's really, really smart. And I think I know he can con- can succeed. So it, basically, that's if you can trust if, if you can <clears throat> if you believe in a founder. If you believe in a founder that they're going to succeed, do anything you can to work with them. Mm. Um, and so Bryce was no different. So it's a really exciting project. But like I said, I, I have it's it's a small portion of my time um, yeah. for all my other stuff that I'm working on. But yeah, I guess that's the long-winded answer, man. Like confidence and just open my eyes that, again, even the most famous people that you'd put on your pedestal they're not much different than you. The main difference, other than like, let's let's be honest, there are some people that just have like Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Yeah. You know, like this X factor that's intent. You can't describe it. It's just, they're going to be amazing, right? Right. But a great majority of the people that we put on pedestals aren't that much different than us if we were to actually open our mind and believe in ourselves and try whatever we want to try at. And even if we don't get to that level, you'll realize that you can do a hell of a lot more than just sitting there and complaining. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot to be said just for trying and showing up, you know, and being willing to fail. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm curious, are you, would you consider yourself a spiritual guy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not super, not super religious in the traditional sense. Um, but I am spiritual. Yeah. I mean, I've heard in some of your songs, um, like you said, God handpicked your wife for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I, I wouldn't like, uh, I don't really connect with any specific, I mean, obviously Christianity is what I grew up around and it's probably the closest to what I believe in, but, um, I'm just, I'm more, uh, are you asking me what, what my beliefs are? Sure. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just, I'm just kind of one of these, I believe in a higher power and I believe that there's good and evil and that there's that if you make, if you try your best to make good decisions every day, that your life will turn out better. And that there was, that this is, there's, there's kind of, uh, reasons for most things. I have like this kind of hippie, I guess, version of it. um but that's kind of how i live um but i i definitely am not an atheist yeah um okay you mentioned this is kind of complete shift but you mentioned blacktail in oregon um so one of the things just you know as a hunting goal that i kind of have is a deer slam right 
And so I got to get a Columbia blacktail, man. Are there opportunity for non-residents for blacktail in Oregon? Oh yeah. It's over the counter. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's over the counter. There's tons of public land. There's tons of uh, private timber land that you can have access to. Yeah. It's actually little, little known that anybody can fly out here and do it. Okay. Yeah. And there's our populations aren't great in the Northwest part of the state, but down South, they're really good. Okay. What are the seasons like? Uh, rifle seasons, like, uh, basically the month of October. And then it ends that first week of November, right before the rut really kicks in. So it's, it's a lot of glassing and it's really difficult, man. Like it's not (laughs) to kill a bit, to, to kill a big mature one. Right. Is not an easy task. Yeah. Um, to kill a, a fork and horns, not hard. Um, so yeah, it's, it's come on out. Doable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's for sure doable. It's more just what are your expectations? If you're going to fly out here to, to shoot a 130 inch four by four, you might be disappointed. You might not be. Yeah. Um, but if you just want to come out and check off the species and see the country, it's, it's a, it's a good time. I enjoy the rifle season for blacktails. I take a lot of people out for fun. Still get out quite a bit for that season. Yeah. 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 I go out with my friends and stuff. Um, have you started getting I, your kids into it yet or not? They're not quite old enough yet. Uh, my son's nine and in Oregon, he can mentor my tags. So okay. if I, he can sh- basically shoot the animal and use my tag. Um, so I took him uh, bear hunting this spring and he missed a good bear and uh fall bear opens in three weeks. I'm going to take him again. Cause he's, he's really disappointed in himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to, he's going to shoot a deer and an elk this fall. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm stoked. That's awesome, man. Um, hoping my son gets into it, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He like he's one of these kind of kids that like doesn't really like getting wet or dirty. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of worried about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have three kids, and uh, my my oldest is not into it at all. Yeah. Uh, in fact, she considers herself a vegetarian oh, okay. already, and she's like 11. Uh, <laughs> But my youngest son and my middle son are like my youngest son was just with me when I shot that axis deer last week. Okay, cool. Uh, it was pretty fun, and my middle son has been with me on several different kills. So, uh, I that's how I grew up. So I'm I'm hoping, but I don't push it. If they want to go, I always throw it out there. Do you want to go? No, yeah. I'm good. Okay, you know. Yeah, you don't want to force it because then I'll just usually push them away. I feel like. Oh yeah, for sure, no doubt yeah. about it. So. Um, so, you know, we're almost coming up on time here. I don't want to take too much of your time, but, um, what, uh, what do you got planned for the fall that you're excited about or what's on the horizon could be hunting, but also other stuff too. Well, hunting wise, I didn't draw anything other than a Montana antelope tag. Okay. So I'm really hyper-focused on killing a big Roosevelt. Um, it's something that I've shot a lot of Roosevelt's, but I, I wouldn't consider any of them big Mm -hmm. by the standard that i'm talking about and i I don't really care about that stuff too much but it's just a goal that i've set myself this year um i have my sights on a few different specific bulls um and so i'm kind of gonna it's kind of a blessing uh, a blessing that i didn't draw anything because i'm gonna kind of hyper focus on that and then i have montana antelope and oregon late blacktail of which i will do with jill turner um in november and then I go to Colorado 
and actually I go to Colorado before the deer um, and do the, the rifle. We're getting packed in on horses to this remote drainage we found that's got a lot of elk and deer in it um, and rifle hunting. Nice. And uh, that'll probably be it for this year. I, I got to be really careful with the, with the kids and, and yeah. um, that'll be perfect. That'll be good. So you, that, uh, that elk tag in your home state, that's over the counter. I'm assuming for yeah. residents and non-residents. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. That'll be archery hunt. Uh-huh. Cool. Cool, man. Um, well, something like you had a good season lined up. Are you going to be at the expo again this year? Oh yeah. I'll be at the expo. I'm going to try to get a couple total archery challenges in this summer. Okay. Uh, if I can. Are you going to do the one in Utah by chance? Well, I was going to, but now there's a chance I might be in Europe. So, oh, okay. um, we'll see. Okay. Um, I was just talking to Brian today. I might try to go out there and do that and then kind of work on some of this bear footage we got with him. Yeah. Um, it looks like you guys had fun. Yeah, man. Um, Mark, I was with Mark most of the time or really the whole time he shot a nice one. I almost so close to shooting. Mark said it was one of the top 10 bears he's ever seen. Wow. And we were, we were with, we were camped on him inside a hundred yards for like five hours waiting for him to get up. And he just, wow. all we could see was just like a little bit of fur and he was bedded down. He would like move. Yeah. And we just kept waiting. Just, I don't know, long story. But anyway, he gave us the slip basically, but you live and you learn, I guess. Well, he'll be there next year. Yeah. I hope so, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Mark doesn't see him first because <laughs> I want that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bear hunting's so. fun. I'm looking yeah, forward it was to my it. first. It was my first uh, spring bear hunt. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, I don't get much time to do it every year, but I try to slip out a few times. Yeah, uh, our fall bear season here is pretty fun because the berries are out too. Um, so you can find the berries. You're going to find bears. So I'm going to take my son out for a little uh, redemption trip. Okay. Is are, are they attacking that pretty hard in Oregon? Uh oh. Uh. Yeah, there's always something, some yeah. idiot saying something. But was it Oregon that they just had a bill get to the floor that, like recently that was like to ban all hunting? I don't know that it actually got to the floor. I'd have to look into that. But I know I that they guess say like I think just the other day someone said they it actually got to the floor. But did it? Um, yeah, we have a lot of idiots, and <laughs> they're coming to every state. So anyways, yeah. laugh laughing out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're coming to you too yeah. and so we fight it we fight it all the time yeah all right but, well keep fighting the good fight man yeah dude well anyway man i'm gonna let you go um i appreciate you coming on where can folks find the different stuff you got going and working on thank you yeah uh so the altitude show anywhere that you listen to podcasts from apple to spotify it's everywhere just look up the altitude show with dave brinker um as of today um, I have six episodes out, but I'll be launching an episode every Wednesday. Um, nice. Musically, anywhere that you listen to music, from Apple to Spotify, look up Dave Brinker. I've been putting out stuff since 2019 or 2018. Cool. Um, check it out. And yeah, man, give me a follow on Instagram. I, I, I try to, uh, I'm trying to put a bunch of content out that helps people, hopefully. Um, so. Yeah. Just keep. Are you doing YouTube for your podcast as well? Yep. Yep. Subscribe on YouTube. Yep. Cool. YouTube, the regular YouTube and YouTube shorts. Um, I'm putting videos on there almost every day. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for your time and uh, it was good talking to you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you.